Set aside your fantasy and sci-fi doorstoppers. Sometimes big ideas come in small packages. This is Word Less. So how's your week going, Mike? Work is kind of crazy right now. Mm. It's uh, my my work is broken up into months, and this has been a short month that was made even shorter because I was sick one day and had two days of jury duty. Jury duty. So like, I had like the minimum possible amount of time already cut shorter to get all my stuff done. But you're better at your job now, right? I guess. Because <laughs> I think last time you were on, you said that you had a new job. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, it's still early days. So, like, yes, of course, I'm, I'm getting better just, just by the fact that I've been doing it for, you know, slightly longer. I'm, I'm still early enough that, like, everything I do is an improvement on all the stuff I've done before. Yeah. So we just got a new POS system. Do you know what that is? Point of sale. Point of sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and then that the company that owns that POS system got ransomware, like oh, nation fun. nationwide, and it's been interesting this last month or so <laughs> at work. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's a that's a thing in my life right now. So you can do cash orders on paper just fine. Well, but luckily, if someone wants to pay with a card, like the way everyone pays for things, because who uses cash these days? It's not quite that bad because the credit card system is fine. It's the gift card system that's messed up. But for people with older versions of the Aloha system, they are doing everything on paper. Luckily, that sounds terrible. The newest version, yeah, it sounds it's awful. It's so glad. I don't even know what we would do, you know, if we had to do everything on paper. It just would not be a thing. <clears throat> so, anyway, <laughs> on that cheerful note, um, tonight we're discussing "Shadows for Silence in the Forests of Hell" by Brandon Sanderson. Uh man, we've done way too much Brandon Sanderson on this podcast, <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. It's you haven't a, done enough Brandon Sanderson on this podcast. You have a podcast that's entirely Brandon Sanderson, okay? <laughs> but it's only a small portion of Sanderson. We only do Cosmere stuff. He has whole other universes yeah. of stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was originally released um, in the Dangerous Women anthology that was published in 2015. Mike, what are your Edited thoughts? Edited by George R.R. R. Martin. So luckily, we it was Brandon Sanderson, so we didn't get weird sex stuff, which isn't everything else that Martin touches. Oh, uh, actually, yeah, I have I have something on on weird sex stuff and Brandon Sanderson. So there is oh, no. a <laughs> long and storied tradition in uh, genre fiction authors of including whatever whatever their weird sex thing is. It's got to be in the book, right? Right. Anyway. Sanderson's weird sex thing is that he's Mormon and doesn't write about sex. 
it's just blink. That's that is that, his weird sex thing. That's an aesthetic choice, though. That's not. No, that's that's his weird sex thing. I don't think it's weird. There's lots of authors that do that. I mean, his with a couple of very specific exceptions, his books are almost entirely sexless. Like they have it, sex. It's just Warbreaker. Not- in the- Warbreaker is the biggest one that comes to mind as an exception, and even then, like anything beyond sex noise and <laughs> a, a romance developing is entirely off screen. It's there's lots and lots of books out there that are fade to black. Sure, it's not and just thing. <laughs> in this case, this is Brandon's weird sex thing, because again, there's there's a long tradition of genre fic- genre fiction authors who put weird sex stuff in their books i don't know if it's like a publisher thing that like yeah you can you can write your your story about dudes going to space but there's got to be a green lady on mars and they got to get it on <laughs> dear lord i have actually never read uh john carter i've seen the movie and nobody uh, would... I haven't done either. I don't feel like I'm going to change that. Don't. <laughs> don't. But Dune, man. Talk about weird sex stuff. Anyway, um, so Mike, what are your thoughts on this story? <laughs> I'm going to have to uh, cut that. <laughs> no, leave it in. It's good. Uh, so Shadows for Silence in the Forest of Hell is... Um, a, like, a very weird tone for the rest of the Cosmere. Like... Most of the rest of the Cosmere is just written very, very differently than this short story, um, which it's one of my favorites, but also also it's probably not a great place to a great entry point. I have argued the other way in the past, but maybe if you have somebody who doesn't like Sanderson, like who's tried them for a few things, give them this to try and be like, hey, look, he can write different things, too, and it's still good. But yeah, that said, this is one of my favorites. It it's almost a horror story. Um, it's not quite. If this were being made into a movie, or you know something filmed, uh, it should be shot like a horror movie, one hundred percent. And yeah. it would. The other thing I would say is that the main characters don't have magic powers where in all the other Cosmere books they do there is magic but it seems to all be if you die you become an evil ghost magic as opposed to having living people with magical powers yeah um, I, I want to push a little bit back on calling the ghosts evil well that's fair they're just they're I, I would say they're more just mindless because they follow the rules we have we have rules that are that are given to us and they and go what? along with the rules with one exception and what are the rules the rules are don't shed blood don't start fire and don't run at night right i believe and... the running is specifically at night yeah yes but uh, silence very interesting, 
interestingly, she insists that they follow the rules all the time. Because if you break the rules when you feel safe, you might, in a panic, break them when you don't feel safe. Yes. Uh, do it's... you know what inspired the rules? I don't know what inspired the rules, but the the follow the rules no matter what, even when you're sure it's safe, is very similar to my understanding of like gun handling. So he used Brandon was inspired by Jewish law and the rules around the Sabbath. Okay. Which also yeah, I, can, I can see that. Yeah. Like, and they keep pigs to keep, a, they don't eat them. They keep they're them good luck. Good. Right. They're good luck, which I thought was interesting considering, uh, the whole Jewish aspect and the keeping kosher. You don't eat pigs. So anyway, just, I only yeah. know that because I just listened to it. <laughs> yeah, that is neat. He, that was probably mentioned in the like introduction in, um, uh, Arcanum Unbounded. Yep. And I, I skipped that part in my reread because it wasn't the book and I needed to get it done in time for the recording. Fair enough. It's actually in the afterword where he makes comic. I think all the, the pre parts are all Chris and then he makes a comment about each story after. That makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, I skipped that part too. Anyway. Uh, so. Do we want to spoil or do we have some more things we want to discuss before spoiling? Um, I have some things that I wanted to discuss that I put in my notes after the plot, but we could talk about them earlier or we could just wait until after spoilers and or after we get through the, the plot synopsis and then not worry about potentially spoiling things. Yeah, let's just let's just do that. Okay. So this is Shadows for Silence in the Silence of Silence, Silent Shadows Silence by Brandon Sanderson. Boo. <laughs> anyway, uh, every once in a while, every once in a while, Sanderson tries to. I, th I mean, I think it's Pratchett. I think he's trying to take inspiration from Pratchett and. And tries to be funny in the style of Pratchett, and he's not quite there, but he'll get there. But yeah, the, the overly long name is a little much, Brandon. Calm down. I literally just call this the ghost book. Brandon Sanderson, the ghost book. <laughs> Dave calls it Witches and Werewolves. Yes. Which neither of which are, are here present in the story, but like, yeah, that's that's for sure like the type of world. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, all right, so we start with our protagonist, Dagon, uh, no. telling stories for beer. He's not the protagonist. <laughs> he absolutely is the protagonist. Why else would the story start with him? Okay, keep going. Go on. Uh, yeah, he's, he's telling stories for beer, like a real protagonist would do. Uh, and then we shift perspective to the innkeeper, which is a weird way to continue a story, Brandon. I got some notes for you. Uh, we should get back to Dagon because he's our hero. But we just stick on her for so long, it's weird. <laughs> this is such a weirdly written story. I actually have comments about that, but okay. Keep going. <laughs> um, 
anyway, Dagon, the stories Dagon is trying to tell are about uh, this legendary bounty hunter, the White Fox. But I guess we'll watch, we'll follow along with this innkeeper while she drugs some dudes and drugs some horses and does some drugs. I mean, I guess you could call Silver a drug in this story. Uh, and then while she's in the process of drugging people, uh, she gets accosted by a debt collector. Which, you know, I just love... don't answer the phone. <laughs> Now we know how Lammy handles his credit. <laughs> Just don't answer the phone. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a, always good. Hey, when when I was a kid, my parents would make me answer the phone every time it rang in case it was a debt collector and I could tell them they weren't there. <laughs> I mean, it works. It's, it yeah. works. Now you can block them. You don't even have to answer the phone. Absolutely. But they're not debt collectors anymore. Now they're trying to get a hold of me for my car's extended warranty. Or did you know that I won $2 million in a free Cadillac? Absolutely you did. I mean, I was shocked when I answered the phone. All you need to do is is send them $400 in iTunes gift cards to claim your prize. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Uh, Anyway, the debt collector, who is also the tax man... Uh, has the coolest name in the book, Theopolis. Yeah. Very cool name, Theopolis. He's going to stick around for a while. City of God. Uh, next, we are introduced to Murder Baby Sabruki, who. Uh, He's amazing. Is awesome <laughs> and weird and loves to clean and was about to like bust into the common room of this inn. And shoot a man with a crossbow the size of her. And poisoned. A poisoned crossbow. And poisoned, yes. No, no, she was not going to screw with it. Like, she was going to kill this man. Then she almost asked uh, silence. Yes. Uh, she snaps out of... Well, silence is like, hey, don't do that. Because By the way, that's his the, men will kill thing. everyone here. You yes, the innkeeper's name is Silence. Um, anyway, Silence is like, don't do that. Because his men will kill everyone here, including me. Remember how I took you in and I've been caring for you for, you for a year? That's just a terrible way to pay me back. Don't do that. That's, that's very rude. Don't get me killed for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> And then Sabruki was like, okay, and drops the crossbow. And then the crossbow goes off because, you know, they do that in movies. <laughs> kind of like when the gun falls down the stairs and it shoots off multiple times, which is totally not something that would happen in real life. Crossbows, no. it might actually happen. But it's a great scene in True Lies. <laughs> it is. Um, anyway, the crossbow doesn't quite hit uh, silence, which would break one of the rules that we haven't been told yet. And would potentially uh, threaten everyone at the, at the inn. Um, so but the it does point, break a window. And, yeah. and the crossbow bolt lodges itself into a tree. And that won't be important later. Chekhov's good, man. Uh, in fact, I have a note. Crossbow bolt that definitely isn't a Chekhov's gun. <laughs> 
the next note I have is unwanted shadows, which is a quote directly from one of the lines in the in the story of there are no unwanted shadows inside the the inn. The what do they call it? Uh, already forgotten. The way station. The way station. Yes. Um, so this is this is a place of safety and security. It's a dangerous world out there, but this is a safe place. And there are no unwanted shadows inside. Also not Chekhov's gun. For sure. No, certainly not. Uh, so we fast forward to a few hours later. It's dark. And uh, Silence is about to head out to go track some dudes. Because, of course, she's the... Uh, the bounty hunter, the white fox that nobody knows about because she's a middle-aged woman with a limp. And she and also as we all know, horses. we forgot she didn't just drug dudes. She drugged horses. I thought I mentioned that. Maybe you did. Huh. Yeah. If I didn't, she drugs the horses to make them pee radioactive. <laughs> uh, tracking pee. Yeah. Anyway, she is met on the road by her daughter, William Ann who's like, hey, you need help. And Silence is like, I don't need help. And then William's Ann, William Mann is like, you need help. And then Silence is like, sure, I need help. So they go. And they track the dudes. And then there's a whole scene of murder. Just, and it just is. straight up brutal. Yeah, it's, it's real it's rough. Delicious. It's uh, man, so, blunt force trauma all the way, man. <laughs> At this at this point, we have been told what the rules are, which to uh, I guess remind folks because I did say it like ten minutes ago. You are not allowed to start a fire. You are not allowed to draw blood, and you are not allowed to run at night. Uh, to avoid drawing blood while still murdering people, they go around the campfire. Well, not campfire. They have a glow jar in place of a campfire. Anyway, they go around the the glow jar campfire and place a bag over the head of a guy and then smash his head with a hammer. Unless they're drugged. And these guys have been drugged. uh, Except the last one that they don't get to is the one guy they're actually going for. Which, like, come on, silence. Like, start with your target. Yeah. (laughs) You're, You're a legendary bounty hunter. Be better than this. Uh, anyway, the second to last guy wakes up while they're doing it. So silence has to try to strangle him. And then that wakes up the last guy who is the actual target Chesterton, who's just a real bad dude. Uh, he has killed a lot of people, including a governor and he and his men also, uh, I think killed everyone in like 15 homesteads, something like that. We're told. Yeah. And he also killed Sabruki's family as part of the 15 homesteads. Yes. Yeah. And she was under the floorboards with the blood pouring down on top of her, kind of like that scene from Kill Bill. Yep. Um, yeah. So Chesterton gets away. Silence is like, all right, I can't continue strangling this guy because I got to go chase that guy. And she does. And she wraps his head in a, in her sweater and. Or, no, sorry. Yeah, she does. He hits him. 
well, I'm getting there. She hits him in the arm with her hammer. She hits him in the nose with her hammer, breaking his nose. She wraps his head in her sweater to keep the blood from pouring onto the ground. And then gets a sack over his face with the help of William Ann and smashes his head in with a rock. It's super brutal. Yeah, and the thing that I think is so cool, cool is the wrong one. She has these bags lined in tar so that they won't leak blood. Yep. She's just super clever, and I love that about her character. She she came prepared for this. Um, she, we actually get a whole list of like all the stuff she brought, which includes a lantern that does not come up again. Which, considering all the Chekhov's guns that are set up in this, it's fun that there's there's one that just doesn't. Um. Anyway, yeah, uh, she murders all of these men in a very brutal fashion, uh, and then double bags them, and then. Uh, just as they're about to pack up and haul the body back to back to the inn to turn in for the bounty, uh, a large group of town folk show up and, and tell her that they've been hunting for Chesterton for four months and not so subtly threaten her until she hands over the body so they can turn in the the bounty. And she does. And on the way, she uh, cuts part of the ropes around the corpse, which it matters later. Uh, then she cuts cross-country to where she knows they're going to be going on the road and plants a gunpowder keg with a small, like, flint lighter. Fire starter. Yeah. Fire starter. Um, so that if a horse steps on it, it will start a fire and then start an explosion. And the shadows care about who starts the fire. They don't care about who set up a trap to cause someone else to start the fire. They're not too bright. They are not. Um, this, this is very like direct cause kind of thing. Like these shadows follow Batman rules. Um, and then she does the horses start the fire I'm not going to kill you but I don't have to save you from this scenario that I put together that leads to your death right yeah Um, Batman Um, anyway Batman carry around shotgun carries he carries around a shotgun in some versions of the story uh that is in the dark knight returns by frank miller who yeah frank miller's got a lot of issues anyway oh and also the snyder batman who Zack snyder fundamentally doesn't understand comic books which is a whole thing but that's not what we're talking about here huh you brought it up not me sure uh, anyway, that's not what we're talking about here. What we are talking about is how much Brandon Sanderson hates horses. <laughs> right? He hates horses so much. He kills they get all murdered the so often. <laughs> in the most brutal fashion. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Silence has set up a bomb. The bomb goes off. Many horses are killed immediately in the explosion. 
um, and all the other horses everyone else killed. All the other horses are killed yeah, too ev- by the shadows. Almost, almost everyone in this group is is then killed by the shadows, except for one guy who hold who manages to track down where Silence and William Ann have taken Chesterton's body. I'm gonna stop you right there. We gotta back yep. up. Yep. We have the silver incident. Silence gets attacked, and William Ann dumps all the silver on her. They have no silver. Okay. Oh, is that when that happened? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, I guess post-explosion, there's, there's a lot of very angry shadows who wither up uh, Silence's arm. And William Ann doesn't understand how much, how much silver you actually need to de-wither an arm, where Silence has been doing this for a long time, and she was trained, and she knows that it's exactly this much, and you shouldn't use more, because don't be wasteful. Uh, anyway, William Man is wasteful. Dumps the whole bag on her arm. But her arm's back, yay. Uh, then we get a hostage scene with a very, like, like half this dude's body is withered. He barely survived. He probably won't survive too terribly much longer. Uh, but he manages to capture William Man and hold a knife to her throat and demands the body again. This this body is just being passed around like a basketball. It's kind of weird. Yep. Um, but then, after after this gets resolved, and and the guys like, all right, I'm going to take her. She's going to take the body. You're gonna stay here. We're gonna go back to town, and I'm gonna try not to die. And then he gets shot with a padded crossbow bolt in the back, which causes him to just barely nick William Ann's neck which draws blood, which the shadows hate the most. Then it's a sprint, Uh, a sprint back. So that dude uh, melts like the guy from Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, (laughs) Silence and William Ann get back to the inn, but they're both withered. Very, very badly. Silence finds some silver, gets it down William Ann's throat, just in time to save her life, and then she passes out, and we get a flashback sequence. Which I loved. There's several flashbacks, but this is... Yeah. This is the main one. Yeah. This is Silence getting uh, torture-trained by her mother, her grandmother? Grandmother. Her grandmother. Uh, who was one of the original scouts, or is le- at least is of the generation of the original scouts, to come to the forest from the homeland? Um, yeah, there's a whole ever... there's a whole thing with that. We'll get there. Do we ever find out what happened to William? I like. Did I miss that part of the story? No, that's just left out. He died somehow. But yeah, grandma never liked him. I mean, does grandma uh, like anyway? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, canonically, grandma hates everyone. Uh, yeah, so we get a flashback of silence being trained of how to how to how to scout. How to M do scout. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she wakes up 
to all of her withering stuff being healed because uh, Sibruki and their uh, their slow um, stableman stableman uh, have treated them. Uh, William Ann is partially withered and will be for the rest of her life. She's got some scarring, but silence has come out of it uh, fully healed. And the stableman's like, hey, I know you're the white fox. I don't know why he announces that, but he does. Well, because he asked her if he got the bounty. Okay. And then she's like, how did you know that I had the bounty? Whatever. And he says, well, because you're the white fox. How did you know that I'm Batman with tan lines on my face and eyeliner all around my eyes? Every single day. And I love his answer. He says, I'm an idiot. I'm not a fool. <laughs> yeah. Doing a lot of Batmaning today. Wonder if that means anything. Oh, well, moving on. Uh, then Theopolis shows up. And he's like, haha, I'm going to have to. I'm going to take your in. And she's like, no, you're not. Because you got mud on your boots. And he's like, I sure do have mud on my boots. What of it? And she's like, well, take a look in this pantry. <laughs> and she opens the door and, bah, ghost grandma. <laughs> and I love how the description of the ghost grandma is almost exactly like the description of the grandma in the flashback. <laughs> yes. With her, like her curly uh, hair and waving around and whatnot. And then she's able to coax Ghost Grandma back into the ghost pantry. Uh, which doesn't take much. She just sort of waves the silver crossbow bolt at her. Almost yeah. as though she's a tame ghost. And that, we forgot to mention, that is the crossbow bolt that Sabuki shot out the window. <laughs> that she picks up in the forest. Yep. That came back. It uh, and then... Uh, Silence is like, well, if he's here, he almost certainly sent those people, which I had figured out before, because of course he did. But he wouldn't have let the bounty just get eaten by ghosts. He would have taken it somewhere. So she and William Ann go out hunting, and they find his stash with a little bit of silver protecting the entryway. And they find the body of Chesterton who is worth over a year's worth of supplies for the inn, is what we're told right at the beginning. And she's able to turn in the bounty and tell everybody that Theopolis was the white fox. Because he's dead now, so he can't argue. And we cut back to our real protagonist of... Dagon. Uh, who's like, I should, I should marry that lady. And someone else he's talking to is like, well, you'll have to get in line because she's rich now. And have that's the end. Kent? Hmm? Have you heard about Bloody Kent? Oh, yeah. Have you? <laughs> no, so, I haven't, because that's the end of the story. <laughs> I love the framing of this story so much. I find it hilarious. He has the hots for silence. And he gets free drinks by telling stories about silence. And he's too dumb to know that silence is the white fox. Yep. It's just. 
I think a legitimately this is good Brandon humor. I know a lot of people have issues with Brandon's humor. I think this is good Brandon's humor that we can all get behind. Absolutely. Um, I think Tress is better Brandon humor, but he's also yes. had several years between this and Tress to improve his craft. And he has. He, de- he has. He really has. Uh, so I, the most interesting part of this story to me was the intergener- intergenerational relationships so you have silence's relationship with his her grandmother and her relationship with william ann and her grandmother was a mean old bitch you know absolutely she was but there are moments where in dealing with 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 um sabruki at least she has to channel that mean old bitch to kind of help Sabruki through some tough thing. And in the end, do you think that she went too easy on William Ann? Considering no. they were living. You don't? No. Because she wasn't prepping William Ann for a life as a scout. But she's living in basically the same situation that scouts No, she living. isn't. Yeah, she is. She absolutely is not. She's not going out and scouting. She's not unprotected in the forest. Like, okay, there's like a level of basic training that she has put her through of like, yeah, you don't break the rules. And also, here's how you how you're able to live unprotected. But you're not like going out and scouting. You're not hunting down shadows you're not you're not doing the things that the scouts did you don't need to be trained for this you are going to take over this inn that is a shining bright light of safety in the middle of this horrid forest i kind of i don't think that she should have like locked william ann in a circle of silver with a ghost that's not what i'm saying Maybe teaching her to fight the ghosts a little bit, though, that might have been a good idea. And she doesn't actually teach her how okay, to fight but the ghosts. Locking her in the circle with one is the way to do that as safely as possible. And that is traumatic and unnecessary for what she intends William Ann's life to be. The fact that William Ann comes and tags along with her bounty hunting was not planned for. She wasn't trained for it. And honestly, she should have pushed back a little harder on William Ann offering to help. But she admits that she couldn't have done it without William Ann. Yeah. And look what happened. I mean, uh, I think part of my main objection is that, yeah, probably not at 10. But I think that at some point she should have planned on... Teaching William Ann those skills. I really do. But, Maybe not a 10. But she was traumatized by her grandmother who did those exact things to her. She didn't want to do that to William Ann. I know she didn't. And again, outside of this exact scenario that was not planned for in any way, those aren't skills she needs. I kind of get the impression, though, that homesteaders go out at night on the regular. Like all of um, them. They my all understanding was that forest without 
that it wasn't so much at night, but they also aren't protected by silver. They they mentioned this is that like a lot of homesteaders just let the the shadows sort of drift around at night while they're sleeping. That's true. They just wander through the houses and everything. Yeah. Which, as long as one doesn't like brush against you, you're fine. And if one does, if you have a little silver powder, you're also fine. And also, I think it does say if it just accidentally brushes again, like ghosts will kind of drift away from you unless you're breaking the rules or yeah. something like that. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Like they, aren't, they aren't actively seeking you out. It's mostly safe. Like it's not 100% safe, but also compare that to like a homesteaders in, you know, the 1800s in America. You, you build a little cabin and then a bear eats you. Like, what are you going to do about that? I uh, also really like the part where she kind of thinks she's she's got a grudge against, against their god. and The god beyond, which is the first canonical mention of the god beyond in the Cosmere, as far as I understand it. Do we know which shard it is? Uh, the, okay. Threnody doesn't have a shard, um, but the Ambition shard was destroyed in the Threnody system, which screwed a bunch of stuff up. Okay. So that explains why ghosts and whatnot. Uh, it might. We don't, we don't have enough information about any of this to, to actually get anywhere, which is one of my points of the evil. What's that? There's mention throughout this of mm. uh, a like another continent that everyone used to live on that everybody had to leave because of something called the evil. We get no information on this. We get no details, just the evil. And two generations before silence, uh, we had scouts being sent to the other continent to check it out and figure out how to live. I like how um, in her mind, the God Beyond and her grandmother are all kind of mixed up. And I think a lot of people um, do this. Like, especially, especially when they're little, like, it's kind of like this if you grow up in a religious home, um, this I'm trying to explain it, it's like when the, you think the, of God, you think the of most authoritative God. person in your life right, exactly. becomes, yeah. It's not that you actually think that your father or your mother are God. It's just that that becomes the image of God in your head. And I really like that because that's a real thing. And I like how she she struggles with her feelings with her grandmother because. She's like, I both love her and I hate her at the same time. And I think that's relationships between especially parents and children get really complicated that way. Like there are things that I really resent about my father, but at the same time I love him and he gave me a lot of great experiences too. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I like I people like how people. Right, exactly. And I like how that the story struggles with that. And she even struggles with how do I handle my daughter, how do I handle Sabruki? Like she's, 
she's looking at it from both being the the parent the parental side and the child side and i really like this aspect of this story i thought it was really well handled and i i really loved it yep and the main thing she's doing with william ann is trying not to make the same mistakes that her grandmother made with her but i think she makes a different set of mistakes of course she does that's what people do <laughs> yep it's true <laughs> a lot of times the best you can hope to achieve is to not make the same mistakes, but instead make new, more interesting mistakes. My older son said something to me, and I'm like, look, I'm neurotic. My goal is to not make you as make you less neurotic than I am. <laughs> like, I just want you to be less neurotic than me. All right, so the evil, we know nothing about it, except that it caused all of these people to completely abandon an entire continent and go live in a giant forest filled with murder ghosts. Which, which is uh, hell before they move there. This is that's kind of an extreme thing. So we we can only imagine how bad the evil is. Uh, but also in these forests, there's something called a deepest one, and I don't know what that is. It's mentioned ah, once. Yes, I know, and you're like, what is that? I want to like, go back. To silence this hears. I, yeah, same. Silence hears a noise. And she's like, is that a deepest one? And then she doesn't hear it again, and they just leave. But, like, she was freaking out for a second on the off chance that noise might be deepest one. And we know that the shades don't make noise, so the deepest one has to be something else completely. Oh, and also, fun, fun thing, there can't be predators on this continent. No. I think I'd rather deal with bears, to be honest. I mean, yeah, you can you can keep bears from, you know, getting in your house for the most part. Unless they take cocaine, I guess. <laughs> I have not seen I that. I still need to see that. I want to see it, but I I'm want like... to. <laughs> uh, my my wife's stance on it is like, yeah, she'll see it with me, but she doesn't want us to pay money to see it. Like, That's kind of my we'll wait until it hits a streaming service we have. Which, you know, is fair. And bears are, are um, also asleep right. year. These ghosts aren't asleep half the year. They're up and nope. moving around <laughs> all the time. Yep. Even during the daytime. But you can run away from them during the day. And they'll just they randomly, only care about running at night. They'll randomly float through your house. You just be minding your own business. Um, let's see. Is there anything else? Oh, I've got a couple more things. Okay. But if you if you have something you want to do, then we'll do that. I was going to say, I really like the names. They kind of almost have this kind of Puritan feel to them. Like, Gosh, I, it's almost like you can see my notes of the next thing I was going to talk about. <laughs> I actually can't read them. They're too small. <laughs> oh. Uh, so, like, silence is, you could see somebody in, like, New England and 1650 being named Silence. And okay, so being named William Ann, you can totally see that. The naming conventions. From what I can put together, there are three distinct like groups of people that have different naming conventions. So the scouts have the like the Puritans who, you know, settled America because they got kicked out of England because they were too religious religiosity for the English 
Uh, so stuff like silence, stuff like William Ann. Uh, what was grandma's name? I don't think we ever hear it, to be honest. Okay. Well, whatever her name, her name was, I'm sure it fits the same naming conventions. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those, I think, are the scouts. Uh, and then we have the Fort Folk, who have names like Theopolis and Chesterton. Because Chesterton doesn't really fit with the, the scout naming, so I assume that he's descendant of Fort Folk. Yeah. And then we also have a, a completely separate group who I would assume are at least some of the homesteaders uh, who would name a kid Sibruki. And your thoughts? I just, I'm, I'm saying I, That's it. I just... liked. <laughs> I, I'm not saying, I don't have any thoughts about yeah, it. It's, it's pretty cool, but you can also, like, you can extract a little bit of, of history from that, like, you know, the Fort Folk are almost certainly, like, the dominant uh, ethnic group in the area. Like, they have been able to set up, like, cities and forts and large population places of safety. The homesteaders would then be probably ethnically second-class citizens who don't have a place in the, in the forts and in the cities and, you know, have no choice really but to go out and, and try to make a home out in the forest. And then you have the scouts who are their own, their own thing who, as far as I can tell, came over here before the evil. I... I'm wondering about that because I'm wondering if they didn't come over right, not before the evil, but while the evil was showed, like when Starting. it showed up, yeah, when it started. And the reason why I say yeah, that maybe. is because um, grandma says something about how all those nice, kind, we, we have to be tough because all those nice, kind people got killed by the evil. Yeah, that would make sense too. So that that's how I read it. I mean... We're reading a lot into this, though, <laughs> this very short story. <laughs> yes, but also I would not be surprised at all if there's like extensive documentation on Brandon's private wiki, which I would uh, I would really like to get my hands on that for a few hours. Would love to be able to flip through Brandon's private wiki. I think that there's many people out there that would agree with you. I just want another story in this world. Yeah. I don't necessarily. I'm not as much of a lore chaser as you, though. So, I mean, we okay. We definitely need to get at least. I would say at least two more stories in this world. Um, would you be satisfied? One, just exploring. Huh? Would you be satisfied with just short stories like this? Or do you want like a book? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, but we we need more on this. One, to just explore the world more and flesh things out some more. And then two, this is where Naj is from. Mm. And if we're getting if we're gonna get more on Chris, we gotta get more on Naj. I forgot about that. We gotta do both. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I'm and, sure uh, I'm sure he'll come back here. Like maybe he's bored one day. He'll just drop like 5,000 words, 6,000 words, you know, as you do. Oh, yeah. Well, as he does. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure that Brandon will like 
will like announce that he's taking a month off or something and then come back and it's like, I wrote 18 books. <laughs> I mean, the man's a machine. This actually might be a, wor- a world that he hands because I know he's bringing on some other people. And one of them is a horror writer. I'm trying to remember his name. I'm sure that this may be something that he hands off to somebody else to work on. Yeah, I don't I don't know that I would be even disappointed by that. Like that that sounds that sounds like a great way to give each of these worlds like their own voice. Right. Like all of these like secondary and tertiary worlds in the Cosmere, of which there are probably a bunch. Like I remember that if you name. if you give if you give like primary writing duties to someone else and that just becomes sort of their world in the Cosmere, it gives it its own voice. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Brandon is still overseeing everything and like providing information from his private wiki that I would really like to see. (laughs) You know, that that keeps it like consistent within the Cosmere, but also, you know, gives it, gives it its own unique feel. I am Googling it. Uh, while you're doing that, let's talk about silver in the Cosmere. Okay, well, I don't know. Weird if I, in the Cosmere. It really is. I uh, because oh, have no comments. You're just gonna have to monologue because I have no comments. Okay. Uh, so silver is super weird in the Cosmere. Uh, we get introduced at the end of Mistborn: The Final Empire, so the first Mistborn book. Uh, that silver is alimentically inert, uh, which. Aluminum does more than silver, but sort of already covers that it doesn't really interact with with investiture. Like, aluminum blocks investiture. Uh, but silver does different weird stuff. Uh, we see it working here on Cognitive Shadows, and then we get to see it in Tress, where uh, activated aethers are not blocked but sort of like pushed away by silver so like with uh with rosite to patch holes in the in the ships you can use silver to like cut into the rosite and help shape it as it's growing uh there's like silver lining on the on the on hole. like the on the hole of the ships to sort of block the What's the what's the green? The vine one. I don't know. It's the green one. That's what yeah, I think whatever. about it. The green, the viney one, the planty guy? Yeah, that one. Uh yep. it it prevents those spores like it kills those spores as they get close and right. then it prevents the activated ones from like growing over the over the railing, right? So, silver is interesting and unique and weird. And I'm not sure why it exists separate from and in addition to aluminum, which also does a lot Similar. of the same stuff. And we've yeah. already established aluminum as being like important and weird and important and also weird with investiture. You, you can burn aluminum, can't you, in Mistborn? Yes. And yes. it just and takes it away drains everything your, Yeah, it drains your stores. Do we have any instances of people using silver as... I mean, is there silver in Mistborn? I don't remember any silver in Mistborn. There is. Uh, so the cot that 
uh, Vin is given in her prison cell when she's captured near the end of Mistborn. Like, all the metal in it, including the screws, are silver. And she's told that. Okay. Uh, Dan. Dan. Sorry. It's it's a weird little detail that I picked up on because I have been zeroed in on silver in the Cosmere ever since I read this story because it convinced me that there's something weird going on with silver and like all the questions to Brandon at Q&As are about aluminum and I'm like, guys, guys, come on. Aluminum <laughs> does a thing, but silver's way weirder. We should be asking more about it. I have the author's name, Dan Wells. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so he's bringing Dan Wells in on to work with him on stuff. If I remember correctly, he is a horror. Yes, uh, I mean, Dan I am Wells not a ser- I am not a, a serial killer. Yeah, but anyway, but he's somebody that I could see doing well in this world, this particular world. Okay. Anyway. I mean, it's it's not like Brandon doesn't also dip his toe into, like, horror stuff, such as every freaking scene with Shallan in the Stormlight Archives. Not every scene, but a lot of them. Most <laughs> a lot of them. Of them. <laughs> well, which is just chilling with Adel and they're not horror-y. I mean, have you seen the beginning of horror movies? Fair enough. <laughs> I don't watch a lot of horror, to be honest. Uh, anyway. Anything else you want to add? Nope. That is all I wanted to talk about with regards to shadows for silence and the silence of silence and silence shadows that are silent silently. Mm. Do you have anything you want to shamelessly plug? It must be shameless. Uh, sure. Oh, well, then no. <laughs> I, am, I am very ashamed. Uh, yeah, I do a Cosmere podcast as as read Allison. Sorry, as Allison has pointed out, uh, it's called the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. And at the time of this recording, we are almost about to finish with Rhythm of War. And if Brandon hadn't done four secret projects, we would be nearing the end of catching up to him. But he did do secret projects, so now we're extended for a couple more years before we're in danger of catching up again. Job security. Yay. Still don't know what we're doing once we eventually catch up, because we are reading faster than he writes, slightly. Which is a feat. Pretty amazing. Are you Um, um, going to do the uh, secret project that isn't Cosmere? On... The Cosmere? No. I mean, we we might dip our toe into some non-Cosmere stuff once we catch up. That's one of the things we've been discussing, but don't know yet. No decisions have been made. Okay. Well, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Our music is Better Days by John Worthy. You can contact us at wordlesspod at gmail.com. I'm Allison, and that guy's Mike. Bye. Bye. So, um, where, where are you sharing them? In Discord.
in uh, the Wordless channel or in our private In chat? the channel we're in, in the voice channel we're in right now. I'm I... sharing my screen. Oh, you are? I don't... Oh, I don't see it. Oh, there it is. There it is. Haha, <laughs> I see it. Cool. It's very small. 